We're, we're starting class late, and we will finish on time so that you can get out to the market and lose yourself in rampant consumerism. But we are starting with John chapter 12 today. Since we spent so much time in chapter 11 last Sunday, Yeah, I was thinking you were coming forward. I was getting all excited. Um, we, we might have a baptism during class or after class. A young man the Gentries have worked with, uh, they're talking in a prayer garden, I believe, right now. So, Baptisms trump Bible classes. We are in John chapter 12, six days before the Passover, so we're right, same time of year. Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here a dinner was given in, John, in Jesus' honor. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at table with him. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. Now, we need to set this up. John skips a lot of detail here that Luke brings in. So we need to talk about how this was all done. If you remember, it's got to be a year or so ago, we had a dramatic, um, well, it was, it was a one-act drama done by Lauren, uh, back then Lauren King, of her being the woman. And it was very, very powerful. And, and I'd love to have us do that again uh, soon. We don't want to go too soon, but to do it soon. Anyway, here's the situation. When you had a dinner in the honor of somebody, unless you were very, very wealthy, you couldn't do it inside. Because inside places are small places. There were some people like John Mark and his family that were very wealthy. And it would talk about the house of John Mark's mother. He, they had houses in North Africa and houses in, uh, in Jerusalem, and, and uh, it seemed like several uh, in both places. So this doesn't seem to be one of those houses. Most likely in Bethany, the dinner is going to take place outside. There's a courtyard, however, that is considered part of your house. When you're setting up for the dinner, the poor hear about it, and the poor then come, but they have to stand up against the courtyard wall and not speak and not cause a disturbance until after the meal is over and when the people get up to leave, they're allowed to approach the table and eat anything that's left over. That was, the, that was part of the law that they used in the Old Testament to make sure that the poor always had food. And you might think, oh, they're only getting leftovers. Devout Jews always prepared more than they needed because it was part of Jewish culture to make sure that there was something to share. And, I, and by the way, I don't want to go into all of that. Just please continue to pray for our brothers and sisters, the Jews that were shot um, in San Diego yesterday. Places of worship are not necessarily safe anymore. We have a team here that is well-trained and looks out after you, but also Jews in particular. You may not know this because it's never put out there, when hate crimes are tallied at the end of the year, 
Crimes against Jews are always the number one by a factor of at least three. In other words, three times as many against them as against homosexuals, atheists, Catholics, Protestants, um, any of the other groups. Uh, it could be a racial group or the like. When the Department of Justice tallies them, I always have a look at them, and it's just amazing. So be, be in, in prayer for them. That said, they would prepare extra, and sometimes they would prepare dishes that, that the, the guest at the table did not open and touch because they were going to be left for the poor. But the rule was they had to stay back. This woman coming forward, uh, Mary, is most likely the, uh, the Mary and Martha Lazarus family. In the other story in Luke 7, it's a Pharisee that is giving the pro uh, named Simon who's giving the dinner, and a prostitute comes forward. And so this is not the first time that there's been a scandal where Jesus is eating. Uh, I once saw a resume for a Church of Christ pulpit position, a guy wanting to be the minister there applying. But it was it was not it was in jest because it was written as if it was Paul. You know, I've not been married. I have been in prison several times. You know, I have been found, you know, I'm a, I'm a convicted felon. Uh, the last four places I've preached, I, I have either been run out of town or there were riots. You know, it just went on like this. And you're thinking, and I'm, and I'm never going to hire him. Well, think of this. Jesus, where he went, there were scandals. One of the crosses he bore. She brings nard. This is expensive. It would seem an extravagance. It, it just would. And she is crying. She's wiping his feet with her hair. This is not the first time that's happened. But this time it's perfume. Um, and last time it was tears. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. That is extravagant. you got to admit, how would you have responded? Um, I can remember, we had only been in America, I don't know, I'm, I'm going to make it up, maybe six months. And one of the deacons arrived in a uh, top-of-the-line Mercedes. And he, he was known for kind of flaunting his wealth and such. And and that almost tore it for me. I was just uh, very upset that he would do that until it dawned on me finally that the little Plymouth Horizon I was driving was still well above the capability of 90-something percent of people on the planet to buy. So if I threw a stone, there were going to be stones coming my way. God humbles me often because I, I can be so quick to be self-righteous. Um, just being honest. So here, when I see this, a year's wages, I'm also thinking, what, what? He did not say this, however. You've got to check your motives. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. What are your motives? I checked my motives and found out my, my motives were mainly jealousy. You know, I... It's kind of like the mob on the corner that are yelling against the rich guy driving by in his Jaguar. Uh, they're not really upset he has one. They're upset they don't. You've got you to check your motives. You know, it's just, and, and it's almost always painful to do that. Leave her alone, Jesus replied. Now, we, how do you read that? You, we read it because we're in a church. 
I know it's a building, but let's use the vernacular. We're in a church. We're in a worship setting. And we're Christians, and therefore we, we Christianize Jesus and we make him nice. A term he was never called. And he never asked anybody else to be nice, by the way. He told him to be good. And sometimes to be good, you got to be fierce. Leave her alone. Do you think he went, leave her alone? <laughs> or do you think he was rather sharp about it? It's amazing the translators do this to Jesus. When um, he's in the, in the boat in the storm, and they wake him up because they think they're all going to die. And Jesus says, stop. You know, it'll say, stop, he said sternly. Well, yeah. He, uh, there's, there's one where he cast out a demon. Maybe that's a better one. Where it said, be quiet and leave, he said sternly. And we read it like he's saying, hush now. There, there would have been maybe a little red face and anger involved. He's saying, leave her alone. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. That's a difficult saying of Jesus. There, there are collections that we say this is difficult. Here's what we do. We look at this and go, oh, Jesus is saying he's more important than the poor and not to worry so much about the poor. No. He's saying, check your motives. You're not really concerned about the poor. If you were, the poor are always there and you could be doing something for them now. It's rather like the people that will say, you know, if I won $700 million on the Powerball, Mega something, whatever, I would use it for the Lord. God is not interested in that. He just isn't. He's more interested in what you're doing with the 75 cents you've got than what you would do was 750 million and no it isn't up to there so don't make an excuse and run out and buy a ticket I have no idea what it is but I, I, would, I would have noticed those numbers on the billboards people love to grab a sentence and run with it I watch it on the left and on the right and social media and it is just appalling somebody says something oh you mean no no back off you always have the poor with me, but you will not always have me. There is something coming on this. I don't want to do it yet. Meanwhile, a large crowd of Jews found out that Jesus was there and came. Not only because of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he'd raised from the dead. Now, by the way, when you read that sentence, don't go, a large crowd of Jews. <laughs> Jesus is Jewish. They're all Jewish. There's, they're saying the Romans didn't do it. But the, the Jewish people were interested. So the chief priest made plans to kill Lazarus as well. How sick do you have to be? All right, he raised him from the dead, so we got to kill him and kill the guy that raised him. And how stupid do you have to be? If you kill Lazarus first, Jesus can just raise him back. And do you think you're going to kill Jesus when he has the power to raise the dead what are the odds you what are the odds he's not going to see you coming and have power over you? And here thereby hangs a tale. Sin is stupid. And it sin never gets us what it promises us. You know, I'm looking for love in all the wrong places, then guess what? You're not going to find it. You're going to find tragedy, sexually transmitted diseases, divorce, and kids that hate you. 
sin is stupid. We say, oh, you know, driving drunk is awful, awful, awful. And we'll pass stores, we'll say, cold beer. <laughs> and we, uh, we even let uh, bars have parking lots. Sin is stupid. Just be aware of that and don't be stupid. Uh, I used to at Rochester, and I only did it once here, and I was thinking maybe I shouldn't do that anymore. But uh, my church in the Detroit area for 10 years, very often at the very end, I would say, remember the two rules. Act like Jesus and don't be stupid. Kids loved it. Some of their parents didn't. I didn't care about that much because, you know, I like kids. But the whole concept of we can sin and it won't hurt us, no, it always does. The next day, it's kind of, I mean, I don't mean to back away too much, but we like to take cruises. And on a cruise ship, if you want to be a glutton, you can be but it's not required. Um, they don't normally do midnight buffets anymore and, and the like, but there was one ship we were on once that had like a midnight, I don't know if it was midnight or not, but it was a chocolate buffet with all these kinds of chocolate. And I thought, you know, I like chocolate. I'll go, bad decision. People would throw you to the ground to get to it. And the people that were on the little scooters actually ran into me more than once. I was thinking, this hasn't happened since they brought out the new dessert at, Bold, at Golden Corral. So I, and it was the last time I went there too. You don't, it, what do you do the next day? You go, oh, I feel so awful, I shouldn't eat so much. For the 83rd time in a row. You, sin is stupid. And I'm, your sin's stupid, my sin's stupid. Let's deal with that. Now, why? Is he talking about, you'll have the poor with you, among you, but you will not always have me. He's starting the journey to John 14. He's starting to help them understand. He's tried already to help them understand, I am going to die. My time is short. The next day, the great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, blessed is the king of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey. Once again, a lot of details have been stripped out. We know how they got the donkey earlier, right? But John has another story to tell. And sat on it as it is written, do not be afraid, daughter Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. Now, We don't look upon that as prestigious. Oh, look, he's riding a donkey. He must be a very important individual. I, I'm not going to try to explain this because I'm not really sure I can and get my head around it. Among the Jews, there was this thing that a king enters the city on the back of a young donkey that has not been written, written before. And so Jesus is making a statement about who he is. And it is intentional, and it is loud, and he knows what's going to come at him because of it. That's something we don't talk about very often, but the absolute hard, gut steel courage of Jesus Christ. Saying, let's go. Let's do it. I, um, I do not mean to suggest that this is a one-for-one -one parallel. During the Korean War, the most decorated marine of all 